Now, I binge-watched the uh, latest It series, which is The Night Of, um, which has uh, gotten huge acclaim and erroneously sort of pegged as, you know, the next Sopranos, the next Breaking Bad, anyone, the next Wire. Um, and it's uh, based on the British show Criminal Justice, which has done a fair few seasons. It isn't um, a particularly interesting idea. Well, sorry, it's, it is an interesting idea. It's not a particularly original idea. It's the longest running, I think, show on uh, American TV that has a legal basis is Law and Order. And that did have that very sort of iconic uh, uh, format, which was you have a crime, you have the police. They investigate it, they arrest someone, the criminal justice system gets involved, and it shows the whole process, each episode. And that's broadly what, over the course of eight episodes, this will do. And it is based on the first story of the first criminal justice season one, uh, which tells the story of, in this case, it's relocated to America and racial elements are involved. So it's somebody of Pakistani heritage born in America who's a college student who wants to go to a party one night. And the lead guy is played by Riz Ahmed uh, from England, and he is a pretty cool guy. He's a pretty cool guy. He gets the odd comments in the street about being uh, Asian or Muslim or uh, anything else, or Arab, even though he's not clearly not Arab. Um, and he's got a, a decent family. Uh, his dad's a taxi driver. And he gets invited to a party one night in New York and his mate lets him down. He desperately wants to go. He's got this desire to fit in. There's going to be lots of girls there and so on. So he steals his dad's cab. Big mistake. And he heads off trying to find this location, which he has absolutely no idea where it is. And because he's driving a cab, he gets a lot of attention from people trying to jump in it. One of those people is a beautiful young woman. And when she gets in, he doesn't tell her that it's not he's not on duty. He becomes enwrapped by her, and she's very enigmatic and very odd. There's something not quite right, but there's this great pull, and he ends up spending the evening with her. And they end up drinking, which he's not very good at, and then taking drugs, and then going back to her place. And things start to get a bit messy when she starts playing the old Aliens game that... Uh, the uh, cyborg did on it, um, where he gets, gets a knife and starts going dunk, dunk, dunk through his fingers at high speed. She decides that that's a good idea to play, and he does it to her, and unfortunately he ends up putting the knife through her hand. Then we sort of fast forward, and he wakes up in this house, and he doesn't quite know how he's got to the kitchen, but when he goes back into the bedroom, she has been brutally murdered. And that's where the entire story sort of coagulates around for the rest of the season. He basically ends up getting caught quite easily. Um, no one knows what happened. He certainly doesn't appear to be somebody capable of doing anything of the sort. And it then follows the machinations of the criminal justice system in America from the kind of uh, environment you are in when you're booked, uh, the way you're treated the kind of legal representation you get. And it follows him all the way through up to episode three. He is now in Rikers Island, somewhere that is absolutely terrifying, one of the most terrifying first world prisons on earth, uh, somewhere which they are planning not to have any young offenders go to anymore because it's so bad. Um, 
And that's as far as we've got the moment. John Turturro plays the other lead character in it, which is a a really low-rent lawyer who basically doesn't try cases, he pleads. So he gets money off of the person who doesn't want a public defendant, charges him a fee, walks into court, and then just basically pleads guilty. And that's his job. He does it six times a day. And he's in heaven because he's got hold of this kid before anyone else has got to him. And the kid has no understanding of the legal process or anything of the sort and ends up with him as a lawyer briefly up until episode three where he's now actually ditched Aturo as his lawyer and gone with a big reputable law firm that's doing it pro bono. But given John Taturo is one of the main characters, if not the main character outside of Riz Ahmed, then it's very, very likely that that's not the end of his involvement in it. Now, the, the interesting part about this is this was James Gandolfini's last major project. And he actually was going to play the role by John Turturro. And when he died, other people decided in his legacy to carry on making the program with Robert De Niro attached to play the John Turturro role. Eventually, conflicts came along uh, with scheduling and uh, Robert De Niro sadly pulled out. I mean, but it, it would be great to see any of these actors in, a, in that role. And the excellent John Turturro, the always excellent John Turturro, took over and is now the eczema-plagued low-rent attorney. And it's being hailed as uh, one of the great shows, as in, as in Breaking Bad, as in one of those shows. And it's not that good. It is absolutely top-notch television, though. It is way above the kind of stuff you see on uh, primetime uh, NCIS, Law and Order, any of those shows is is the production values are extremely good. The cinematography and sound stage is amazing. Everything's written beautifully. It just is like it's an ordinary concept, which is where shows like uh, The Wire and and Breaking Bad stood out, and Game of Thrones or whatever your cup of tea is. They all stood out because there was an X factor to them. Up to episode three, I can't say that this has that X factor. It's like the absolute best of the lower crop of shows. The performances, uh, John Turturro is being lofted as awards contender already for his performance. The one that stands out for me is Riz Ahmed, a British actor who's been in uh, some interesting films. Uh, Road to Guantanamo, Four Lions, and Nightcrawler, the wonderful Jake Gyllenhaal, very disturbing film that came out a couple of years ago. And he's now attached to the Star Wars and Jason Bourne franchises. So things are going very well for him. He's a rapper as well. But his performance, this wide-eyed, innocent, and deeply disturbed and shell-shocked individual, is magnificent. Uh, it's, it's fascinating watching everything going on behind the scenes, and it is compelling viewing. I was really, really, really happy to see, as I've recently binge-watched the entirety of The Wire... Uh, that Michael K. Williams has shown up in episode three as a prisoner and seems to have quite a prominent role. Uh, If you watch The Wire, he was the best character in The Wire. He was Omar. Omar's coming. Uh, So his emergence has been quite thrilling for me to to see him appear as a kind of kingpin of Rikers Island. So it is certainly the highest level TV gets uh, outside of being one of those shows that just becomes iconic and the zeitgeist and 
ends up being you know this massive cultural event. Whether it will get there, I don't think so. But it may well be one of the most rewarded shows of the the Northern Hemisphere's summer. Um, so definitely worth watching. It is really, really good. And you're not going to have a bad time watching three hours of something of this quality as well. So not an outright masterpiece so far, but I'll give it eight and a half out of ten for the night of and I recommend to watch. This is 